now recording. What? No. Why, why would you do that? We're recording in person, Beck. I don't want to hear Craig. No, you have to hear Creepy Craig. That's how we start our podcast. They don't hear it, but we do. You need Creepy Craig. Do we, though? Do we really? Who's Creepy Craig? Who's what? that? Ha. <laughs> so, as you guys might have guessed, this is our Halloween episode and we're recording in person, but we have a special guest star. Hi. <laughs> that would be Gigantor, my other half, who has joined us for our actually on-time spooky episode. Woo! I've got a thing for spooky things. Yes, you do. <laughs> I mean, really, if you don't, are you really living? True. Right. So, it's a, we had a couple ideas on what we were going to do with this one, but I think we just decided we were going to sit around and talk about spooky shit and life stuff in general. Well, to be fair, you and I may have overserved ourselves last night. Oh, I, I, I blame Mouse's 50, uh, 50 milligram gummy. <laughs> no, they're 100 milligram gummies. Yes, but I only ate 50 of it. Oh, I didn't okay. even have that much, and I'm still like... Ooh. You're like, the koala's over there. I can function, but I see it. Right? <laughs> Not like you guys who just kind of tap dance past the space koala. Right? One of these days, I have to show you more of Lower Decks because that is exactly where it comes from. And it's the funniest thing. You made me watch the first episode and I think that episode. Yes. And I did enjoy it quite a bit. Well, it gets funnier as it goes because it like it starts being less like ridiculous and more like the characters get well developed. So I like it. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So Space Koalas comes from something? Yeah, Space Koalas comes from Star Trek. Oh, okay. Well. Kind of. Star Trek-ish. No, no, no. I made the joke originally because I had watched that episode and I was high yes. and I made the joke. Yes. And then it just became our joke. It became a thing. Yes. And now it's the PAX thing is the space koalas. Yeah. That's how we, that is how we discover levels of highness, I believe. So there's like before space koalas, there's space koalas, then there's like tap dance beyond space koalas and on top of that there's the rainbow bridge there's the rainbow bridge with the koalas and, and you're looking down at it and just <laughs> so like in lower decks they've actually come up with like their own in, like their shows mythos for what happens when you die and one of the things is like there's apparently a black mountain where you're challenged to defend your right to go back to life or not, and the space koala is a thing, and, like, jokes like this get randomly dropped at some point or another through episodes, and no one makes anything of it. Okay, so my uh, elder millennial just kicked in, and when you said black mountain, all I heard was, it's Candy Mountain! We're going to Candy Mountain, Charlie! <laughs> yeah, oh. Weren't we just talking about how we feel old? How Emerald called us both old? Yeah, I love our niece, but... Oh, that kid, th- thems are fighting words. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the references you guys make, I don't get because I'm even older than you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The blank look is fun. Though. No, my I'm favorite is Gigantor and I make this sort of game where we talk about things oh, from our past. Game. It's a good game. Uh, we talk about things from the past, and it'll be things like, I remember going to see Harry Potter when I was 11. And he's like, I remember going to see Harry Potter by driving my car and my friends. And I'm like, 
My mommy dropped me off and gave me money for popcorn. He doesn't like that game at all. It is a terrible game. Mm-hmm. Or when references get made, like, oh, you know, like, when I was in my 20s or whatever, this happened, and then she loves to, oh, yeah, I was in, like, grade 8. <laughs> well, it's a fun game. Like, wow. Seven-year age gap, uh-huh. right? And he doesn't think it's nearly as funny as I do. Or better yet, he has a child. Uh-huh. So sometimes it'll be like, oh, this is my 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 daughter. And they're like, how? And I'm like, uh, uh, because I would have been 11 and we would have been a very happy family when he got out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that should be make it clear, folks, that we are not endorsing awkward age relationships like that. That At is pedophilia. All. No, 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 no. <laughs> we got together. We were both well into adulthood. Yes. Yes. Um... But honestly, like, it makes me laugh when, like, niece, uh, our niece Emerald will be like, oh my god, you're so old, what year was that picture? I'm like, because, okay, for context, there is, I have a picture in my apartment of me and my childhood best friend at my mom's old house doing art on, on an easel and, like, looking at the camera and smiling. And Emerald looks at it and is like, what's this? And I'm like, that's one of my friends and I, you know, when we were kids back in the 90s. And she's like, you're old. And I'm like shush you child shush you the 90s were a golden era shush you yeah don't you love when the new age they look and go oh you were born in the 1900s oh nope (laughs) nope excuse you sir (laughs) excuse you well i used to like you yeah well that was like um my nephew smallish bear actually not so smallish bear because he's in his 20s and over six five but my not so smallish bear um the one time he's like oh auntie i want you to hear this great new rapper sweet so he turns this music on and i am rapping along to it he's like oh my god you know eminem excuse the f out of me little boy i was raised with eminem will the real slim shady now please stand up (laughs) please stand up please stand up (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah there's another one like that with um i don't know who the other person is but he did a song with billy ray cyrus recently oh uh little nas x that's it yes and they were talking about how little nas x gave this like uh nobody a a chance a chance where it's like you know who that is right who was a halftime show missy elliott was rapping with somebody like i can't remember exactly who it was but they were like wow, it was really nice of blank to, you know, let this person rap with her during the halftime show. I'm like, that is Missy Elliott. You can take several seats. Yeah, Missy Elliott. You know, she flipped it and reversed it and like, what? This is the part where I put on my Mace Windu robes and look at you and say, take a seat, young Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I mean, I spend a lot of time, uh, we've talked about it a lot the last few weeks because it is spooky season, which is, the best season and like halloween is so different from when we were kids when we were kids at like five o'clock every door in town would swing open and a bunch of little monsters literally would run out and trick-or-treat from like 5 p.m to like 9 9 30 and it always felt like it was too early when the sun was still out right? right yeah but now like, I live in a pretty popular section of town or we do yeah and we get like one kid mm-hmm what is this? They're doing trunk or treat or whatever this other trunk others... or treat. Yeah, trunk or treat. It's this new thing, and I believe it that? started with Le Chris Johns. Well, of course it did. And 
so what they do is they'll go to like church or a party and everybody brings like a trunk filled with candy and you just go from trunk to trunk picking candy out. Oh, well, when I was a kid, the apartment buildings in mm-hmm. town. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. Every person that lived in the apartment buildings would throw like five, ten bucks into the pot. Yeah. They'd go buy a whole buttload of candy. Yeah. And make up like bags of it. And then like there'd be like three or four nice little ladies sitting at a table with this giant mountain of candy. And as you went in, you got like, instead of having to hit each place getting like one candy, you got like a baggie of candy. It was awesome. Blue Eyes old apartment building did that. The ladies in there did that a lot. And that was really cool. So the old folks homes in and the older apartment buildings in our town still do that. Yeah. And they love it. Because the little people don't get to see kids very often. And... They never have a problem with, like, the older kids. Because, like, um, as you get older, you get, you're taking your uh, little sister or your nieces or whatever with you. Yeah, yeah. And even being, like, 15, 16 years old with, like, younger siblings that you're taking with you, the little old ladies at the apartments are always like, oh, no, 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 you come here, you get your candy, too. But, you know what, awesome. we took Emerald trick-or-treating in during COVID. Yeah. Because there was that, like, safe distance trick-or-treating. yeah. yeah. And a lot of the adults, because I was walking around in costume, because I'm not going to walk around with my niece not in costume, no. like a weirdo. What? And a lot of them would be like, oh, well, you're out. And I'd be like, I'm in my 30s. And they'd be like, well, you're out walking. It's raining. Have some candy. Yeah, like last year, uh, we took, uh, Blue Eyes and I took Emerald trick-or-treating as well. Same thing. I was wearing a Michael Myers costume and everyone was like, oh, no, here, have some candy. I'm like, I'm an adult. I could buy my own candy. And it's like, no, if you're out here. And I like that. But because I remember even doing that. Now, I don't remember trick-or-treating with my parents a lot. I'm sure I did. But I mostly remember going out with my friends. Yeah. And like maybe mom in the background just like, mm. yeah, <laughs> well, damn children walking me all across God's green. <laughs> Words are hard. Remember what we said about the brain versus uh, mouth thing last month? Last, last mouth? Oh, it's contagious. Oh, God. Continue. <laughs> um... But they'd be like, oh, you know, they'd give the parents candy because, to be fair, the parents have to walk these kids everywhere and chances are we're the one with the candy bag. Yeah. And there was nothing worse. So on my street, there was always five or six houses in a row that gave cans of pop. Yeah. Oh. Which there is an argument. Sure, but it's heavy. Between us that I think those were the best places and she thinks they were terrible. Okay, but babe. I don't want them all to be pop. Occasional pop is fine. See... For us, the rule was you weren't allowed to eat candy until you brought it home and your parents had to check it. And that was code for they're going to steal the choice pieces of your candy that they really like. Well, naturally, it's a parent tax. In my house, all the Reese's pieces were poisoned. They were damaged, yep. Yep. And most of my Tootsie Rolls. Oh, no. Ours was, um, what were they called? Krispy Crunch? They were like the red ones. They had that sponge toffee. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, Krispy Crunch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those ones, there was always something wrong with those ones. Happened to also be mom's favorite. <laughs> That's pure but, <laughs> Right? Yeah. But cans of pop, a can is sealed. You could squeeze it and see if anything was done to it. So those were free pickings while you were out trick-or-treating. You were allowed to sense. drink those. And in the town that I grew up in, there's like almost at every intersection of a street, those can- uh, garbage cans are mounted yeah. to the light post. Well, as long as you didn't throw it in someone's yard and you threw it in one of those, you didn't get in trouble. Like, well, it was I mean, completely fine to drink those and put them away. So I loved when you got the cans of pop because you allowed, you could have them. And, you know, to make a case for that, arguably as a child, you're doing a lot of walking on Halloween. You're exerting yourself. And you get thirsty. Exactly. Well, and to be fair, Gigantors are a thirsty breed. 
And I drink, on average, in any given day, six liters of water. Yeah, at our at our beach thing in the summer when you and Baby Tank brought like an entire six liter jug. Oh no, like, those are only juice. one gallon thermoses. Okay, those are awesome though. Yeah, we uh, we call them the cannon. Yeah. It, when I go to work, I drink one of those at at least at work. Uh, I'll drink like one at home. Yeah. Like in the summer, I'll probably consume about twelve liters of liquid. But like every day. So a pop can to him is a shot. Yeah. I can sip the same can of Diet Coke all day. Same. Like weirdo. and he needs, you know, a twelve pack of Coke <laughs> to get through. I mean, like I wouldn't say I can sip one for a day, but like I definitely do take my time on canned pop and canned juice. Anything can, you know, it's. Yeah, like I'm still nursing this large coffee you gave. Extra large. Extra large, yes. Um, <laughs> so one of my exes used to tell me that he could see throughout the house where I had been during the day by following the trail of half-drunk drinks. Yep. Oh, yeah. I could see that. That's because not an ADHD thing at all. Because I'd have this and then I'd be like, so the ideal for me is three beverages at any given time. I want a coffee. I want some kind of cold beverage that is not water yeah so either a juice or a, like a pop or whatever yeah. and then i want an ice water i want the ice things to remain ice permanently mm-hmm. and i want the hot thing to be lukewarm because i don't do i can do super cold but i can't do super hot because i am baby and it burns my little mouthy mouth <laughs> well i mean in fairness the water refreshes you because it has it, it's not sugary at all so like it wipes that stuff away the sugary drink is flavorful, and the coffee is a jolt. Yes. Now, when I do water, I do water with lime juice in it. So you get flavors so it doesn't just taste like water, because water doesn't have its own flavor. Its temperature regulates what it tastes like, and I don't like that. Yeah, and cold water tastes better than warm water, because warm water tastes like drinking out of a toilet bowl. I said what I said. But toilet bowl water, water is, is cold. cold. I don't care. It's the thought. Well, so for me... Warm water tastes like warm. Yeah. If that makes sense. And I don't want to drink it if it tastes like warm. Yes. And also if you have a room temperatured plastic cup of water, it then tastes like plastic. Oh, yeah. It is terrible. Okay, so making a Doctor Who reference here, you know how the image of an angel becomes a weeping angel? Yes. Well, water becomes whatever it is poured in. And the shape of water is round. Yes. It's like soup. Soup should not be contained in a square container because the shape of soup is round. You can fight me on this. Mm-hmm. Soup is round. And also, did we not have like a 20 minute discussion yesterday at uh, Emerald's birthday about big spoons have bad vibes? Yeah. Although, I okay, so I'm the weird autistic who prefers the big spoons and the big utensils over the small utensils. But you are a larger human being. Yeah. Like you are what? Like... 6'2", six 6'3", six yeah, like you that. were tall. You were very tall. Yeah, something like that. So, like, if you have a teaspoon, like, I am, what, five foot four and a quarter, and that quarter is very important to me. Um, so, like, little spoon fit good. Yes. Big spoon fit bad. Yes. Very much like my concept of, you know, when I'm having those moments where I don't want to shower and water too wet. Mm-hmm. I was literally in the shower today, before you guys got here, thinking... Do I use the conditioner, or is that too much of a pain in the ass for my executive functioning right now? Well, honey, if it's well, pain in the ass, you're, you're using, using it, it wrong. wrong. No, I do it after the, after the shampoo. 
<laughs> but it's not where it goes. It goes in your hair. I meant my hair. <laughs> but you said it was a pain in the ass. So You wanna what? I guess what? if you slip on the conditioner, that could be a pain in the ass. No, badge five oh two says he doesn't believe you when you say that. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm like this perma scowl right now. Yeah, it's face. I kinda wanna take a picture and have it posted up with the just Adam disapproval. <laughs> it's like in a Bethesda game. Adam didn't like that. <laughs> I, what I love about this, though, is going back to kind of the point of our podcast, in a weird way, we kind of have a polycule dynamic, the three of us. Yeah. Despite it, you guys definitely being the relationship and me being the friend. But, like, we've had our platonic life partnership thing we've talked about. Well, and, and even in uh, Gigantor's phone, you were saved as Bex hubby. Yeah. So, ah, <laughs> yeah. Or like, if he has to pick up my phone for anything, he'd be like, "Oh, your other boyfriend's messaging you." <laughs> and I, and I love that. Which I, lo- I do not go through your phone, but it, well, if it goes off, yeah, no. Sometimes like he'll pick up my phone for me because yeah. she's driving, I'm driving, or, or I'm busy, or whatever. And he'd be like, "Oh, your boyfriend's messaging." I'm like, "Oh, what's Adam need?" <laughs> yeah. I, I I love that we have that dynamic though. We can sit here and have this podcast together because this is actually a lot of fun. It is. It's nice to do a. Um, like a live recording. Not yeah. live, but yeah. in person. In person recording. Well, we find... So, I think we've mentioned before that when we record the podcast, we're on video chat. Yeah. Uh, we don't let you guys see us because usually we're, like, total potatoes just trying to get through the day. Um, but uh, it's really hard even with... The first few episodes that we did, we did just on the phone. And we found we tried to talk over each other so often then uh, one of our my friends in the States, uh, Superman, he was like, oh, some of the podcasts I watch do video. And I was like, oh, that's really clever. So we tried that. And it works much better than just yes. on the phone because we can see when the other one wants to talk. I still find we, t- we tend to try to jump in on each other a lot, though, because that's just how we talk. Yes. Yeah, but we do that in normal day-to-day conversation. Oh, in a group exactly. of us. Oh, I will admit, last night, so we were all with the pack. We all went out for dinner uh, to celebrate Emerald's. 16th birthday. Don't even get me started. I feel ancient. Well, we are ancient, but... Hey! <laughs> You're ancienter. Oh, okay. You are the tomb giant. The tomb giant. <laughs> I'm just imagining this like, gigantic like, skeleton dressed in vaguely Egyptian uh, Egyptian mythological stuff, you know, like guarding a tomb. Well, I've... I've my, my new phrase, which he thinks is funny, but not, is we are beauty and the nearly deceased. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so what I was saying is we were out all for dinner and there were eight of us. And these are people that I love. I usually don't get overwhelmed when I'm with the people that I'm closest to. But there were 12 conversations going mm-hmm. on. There were things clinking and clanking. And I was just like, no. I was on the end of the table where you were and Gigantor and Mouse were. And I was kind of just trying to focus on you guys. And even that was hard sometimes. Well, and for me it was difficult because I was right I know, in the I'm middle of the lot. table. <laughs> <laughs> I was right in the middle of the table, so I'm getting this side's conversation. Of course, Baby Tank is over there, and Baby Tank is loud and, and talks a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then there was our side of the table, which is a little quieter, but it was still like right in the middle of two conversations. I was so overwhelmed that I ended up systematically destroying like three portions of edamame and oh my goodness after dinner oh i thought like there was the overwhelm and then the tummy six uh-huh. and i was like i'm gonna die yeah. i felt it but you were like oh 
Well, anytime we go for sushi, we always eat more than we should, and we always get a bit of a... That's the point of sushi. Right? Like, don't say, oh, what you can it? eat. The if... one Canadian? <laughs> exactly. Who is it? Oh, now I'm not going to remember, but he says, the meal's not over when I'm full. The meal's over when I hate myself. Louis C.K. There yeah. you go. And he and it's the first time he ever said that, I was like, it's true, because I think I have a bit of... Um, oh, I just heard a TikToker call it. But uh, I don't remember the exact word, but it is a uh, neurodivergent uh, symptom that's not talked about a lot. And it's not knowing cues from your own body. Alexithemia? Yes. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So I don't necessarily know when I'm hungry until I'm like, eat now or die. Yeah. I also don't know when I'm full until my stomach is like, you will explode. It's the same reason, like, I always joke about the fact that I'm a camel, but I just forget that I have to pee because if it is not go pee right now, I'm just like, eh. Whatever. You and I actually had that conversation relatively recently because I pointed out that, I, that okay, you know, two TMI, but this is our podcast. We do what we want. Um, the joke in our pack is that Adam has a microbladder. Anyone who's ever known me, whether you're in the pack or have known me in the past or have dated me or anyone else knows that I have a microbladder. I have to pee a lot. And so I started to think to myself, I was slightly high, but it might have just made me open open to a new perspective on this. But I was thinking, is this just because I am hyper aware of my body's signals and I know when even the slightest little bit changes that I do have to go, even though most people wouldn't consider that the sign of having to go until they have to go a lot more? Maybe. You know? And it just made me, like, maybe I've just trained myself to be hyper attuned to my body's signals with this. Well, we have a friend who cannot leave a building without going pee. Even if we are going from, like, Blue Eyes to next door, he must pee while we are at Blue Eyes' house before we leave the literally attached half of the house. He must pee again. I can relate to that. Because, I guess, being a kid, him and his family did a lot of traveling, and I don't know about the newer generation, but our generation was, all right, we're getting ready to go. Everyone go pee. So he's been conditioned to, before he leaves a house, he pees. I never understood with your family how they could do that. Only because there's like 4,000 of you. Well, we always had multiple bathrooms in our house. True. But like, can you... And boys don't take anywhere near as long to pee. And if it's like your little brother, two boys can pee in the same toilet at the same time. Not if you're like 14 in that, but like when you're a little kid. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because like two girls really can't pee in the same toilet at the same time. No. It doesn't work that way. No. Like, <laughs> men actually have urinals that are literally just a trough against a wall in some places. And it's on an angle, and if you're at the one end, where you pee goes past everyone else who's peeing to the one drain at the other end. That is disgusting. And they usually fill it full of ice. That's disgusting. I And they say it's to keep like the smell down because of the temperature and so on, but if you put anything in a urinal, it gives boys a target and leaves less of a mess around a urinal. I, I, I don't know. I just find urinals... like I, I don't know. I know this is getting a really weird topic of conversation, but... Sorry. Whatever. No, I love it. It's great. Um, I think urinals weird me out. Like, don't get me wrong. As a, as a guy in this society, I'm used to using them as much as the next guy is. You know, like, I, 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 I'm comfortable with it to that degree, but I am literally doing a private bodily function 
in front of people I don't even know, separated by a tiny little barrier between if you're lucky. Yourself, if you're lucky. And do not be the guy who goes right next to another guy. When, when there's when empty in, stalls? It, you leave a buffer zone. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is something that has always kind of... it. It's weird to me, the, the weird men rules to using a men's restroom. Because, like, women... We don't really have unspoken bathroom rules. Like, we will talk into the bathroom. We will talk while we're in the stalls. We will include other people that are in the bathroom if they happen to, like, oh, hi, we'll be like, hey, how are you? And just, like, go and do our business. No. You the do only not thing you talk in the men's bathroom. Nope. You can be having a full-on conversation with your best friend. You walk through that door, you, you shut up. It. That's right. And when you go to the urinal, you don't talk to the guy who's next nope. to you, like you see in the movies. You don't glance over or anything like that. You stare at your dot on the wall. You do your business. You wash your hands. You leave. You pick up your conversation. That's why you women take so long in the bathroom. You're in there having conversations with strangers. <laughs> no. Go in. Do your business. Get out. Yeah. I accidentally walked into a, a women's bathroom and they had a couch. Yeah. I want couches. Now... Amid all the crazy politic stuff going on right now with what with bathroom politics, which which honestly you guys know what we think of on that. <laughs> but all I need to but know I will say is this, there a urinal in there or not? I will say this too. I want a couch in my bathroom. <laughs> not not in my personal bathroom, and I it would get gross after a while. But just being able to sit down while you're waiting for a stall that would kind of be cool, right? Yeah, but then people would want to talk to you. Oh, good point. Well, unless point. well. The couch area could be Separate? considered a, a the waiting, sacred zone. Waiting, you the can waiting talk in the waiting the room. Yeah, the waiting room for the bathroom. But once you leave that couch area, you shut up because you don't talk to people while they're peeing. And if someone tries you to talk to me when I'm peeing all of the time, the rules at home are different. Yeah, I'll if, go and pee while you're in the tub. Yeah, and, and also when someone not in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't even pee in the shower when I'm showering. No, me neither. That's a crime against nature. Right? She I, thinks I'm weird. I did it as a kid. As an adult, I can't fathom it. Like, just goes down the drain. No. no. Next thing you're going to say, it's okay to but walk But now you're stone. standing in your own pee. And right? that is just wrong. Then your shower doesn't work properly. Or you pee a lot. It's the thought. That goes in that receptacle. This goes in that one. And never <laughs> the two shall meet. I don't wash my hands in the toilet. Nope. I'm even a little weird, though I will do it in a pinch because my dishwasher uses my sink tap in my kitchen. Oh. Um, I'm even what a little weird about like filling my coffee cup in my bathroom sink oh. versus my kitchen sink because it's a bathroom sink, not a kitchen sink. Ah. We were talking about peeing and stuff, and you started talking about your dishwasher. I was like, Man, I you was pee very in the sink? Concerned. But <laughs> have you ever tried filling up a drink receptacle with your tub water? Ew, why no, would you no, do listen. that? That is for body cleaning. Nope. The tub has your highest flow and will get the coldest the fastest. Now, I will I will concede something to this. I have done this to fill up a pot of water to boil craft dinner and stuff like that because you're right, it does fill faster and my tap in the kitchen was taken up by my dishwasher. But, like, like I said, I drink an insane amount. Yeah, well, uh, and he has a cannon for a thermos. It's a one yes. gallon. It doesn't fit in our sinks. But I can turn the <laughs> tub on. To, over to just cold water and within like three seconds it's cold water yep. coming out so then I, I can fill up my thermos in like 30 seconds and it's like realistically i know it's all just water it's just 
certain things are meant for certain things, and I don't mind the crisscross if I have to, but I'd rather well, keep them separate. So, Sober Becca does not care about drinking water from the tub faucet. However, Drunk Becca, and you can verify this story with my exes, mm-hmm. I was uh, particularly inebriated after a friend's wedding, and... You? Never. <laughs> Anyways, so we come home and they're like, oh, she needs water. And I had one of those big smart water bottles, so I knew it wouldn't fit in the sink. Yeah. So they filled it up in the tub, and drunk Becca was so offended at the fact that they would <laughs> even attempt to give me tub water. <laughs> I went on about this for hours to the point where my female ex was threatening to waterboard me. <laughs> with this bottle because I would not drink it and I needed water. But I was also so drunk. One of my favorite snacks in the world is dill pickle popcorn. Like, mm. You can have all of the dill pickle I popcorn because I'm never touching that stuff. I know. It's so good though. <laughs> and she was like, and we got it from your favorite store. And I was like, I hate dill pickle popcorn. Drunk Becca is like... Childish. She... Very much autistic. Drunk Becca is very contrary. Okay. And if you are like... Beck, the sky is blue. Drunk Becca is like, absolutely not. It's turquoise. Like, I can't even say the word properly. And you would have pronounced it turquoise. Just to be a dickhole. (laughs) Oh, boy. This is how we are when we're not on the podcast, guys. Yeah, this is just, we decided, it was not quite a Seinfeld episode, but it's not not. We just, we wanted to put Why do you call it a Seinfeld episode? Because it's a show about nothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um... And this is just what we're like, generally. Well, and I mean, honestly, if we just if we actually want to make it relevant, I mean, number one, it's spooky season, so we had a little bit of conversation about that. Spooky, scary skeletons. <laughs> but, but also, like, the three of us are neurodivergent. These are very neurodivergent conversations. And we have a borderline polycule dynamic. So, neurodivergent polyamorous for the win. We are actually Ooh. completely on brand. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was, oh, what was it the other day that I found? And I just started laughing. Because it was so Austin and Nutshell. And now I don't remember what it is. So of course you don't. Point ADHD. is irrelevant. Yes. Oh, I was, we're cleaning out the house. So it's been a lot of work. We're finding a lot of things. Weird things. Weird things. But I found the notebooks from when we first started the podcast. Oh my God. And I found the research for that episode. In fairness, you did a very good job with the research for that episode. It was good research. Bad podcast. Bad podcast. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like, power to us for wanting to bring something educational to the table. Not our bag. I, I mean, oh, no, no, no. I think it is our bag to educate, but I don't think in that way. No, I think we have more fun. Like, we've had a lot of people say to us, oh, I didn't know about this symptom or that symptom or anything else until... I listen to your podcast. Well, because we demonstrate them by lived experience. Right. And we're not, I, I'm sure there's a lot of symptoms out there that we don't have, but I feel like combined somebody in our pack has gone through yes. almost every symptom. Yeah. And so we can talk about it and know and not judge, which is nice. Yes, absolutely. It's cause like I've done presentations as a solo neurodiversity educator where I'm like giving a presentation on the history of neurodiversity. I did that for Burlington library last year. You know, I can do solo presentations in a more academic way. Just fine. I know you have in school before, you know, like we, you know, like it's not, that's not a thing. It's just when we're combined and doing this show, we work better when we don't. Yeah. And I love that we can bounce off the pack. 
Yeah. Because we have ADHDers, a couple of ADHDers, um, one with ODD, or at least had ODD, Baby Tank. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I guess you always have it, but learned how to, yeah. you know, get through with it. Yeah. But when he was younger, it was interesting experience. I can imagine. Yeah. Basically anything you said, like, no. Okay, but like, and, and this, I remember when I was first starting my telecom career, you know, my day job career, I was doing in-home installs and driving around and doing, and doing that kind of stuff. And I remember on the radio hearing an ad once for a program to help with difficult behaviors in your children. And it was just extremely behaviorist and extremely focused on like what, the, how their acting is inappropriate. But like no one was questioning what is making them do this? What is the purpose behind it? Because even as we've probably proven by now, even most neurodivergent behaviors that outsiders looking in think are weird have logical reasons if you actually pause and ask. Well, I have a weird story from when I was a kid. Go ahead. Um, I was, I don't know, maybe four. Okay. And I lived on a quiet street, but there were, you know, the occasional car going by. Yeah. And I was on my bike. I was mad at my parents because they did something that, you know, irritated four-year-old Gigantor. And I took off on my bike down the driveway, and I didn't look. Yeah. And there was a truck coming. Oh, no. And I almost got hit. My dad came out, grabbed a hold of me, and was giving me a blast of trouble. And he was like, you could have died. So, your mom and I would be very sad. That's fine. I'm mad at you. And that made logical sense in my little brain. And my dad, who was very good at understanding the way my brain worked. Yeah. He looked at me and said, okay. What about the guy in that truck? What did he do to you? Well, nothing. How do you think he would have felt if he would have hit you and killed you? He would have to spend the rest of his life knowing that he killed the little kid. Oh. Well, that that's not okay. I'm not mad at him. No, you weren't. So, you know, like, yeah. your actions can affect other people. Yeah. But it didn't make sense to me, no matter how mad he was, like my dad was. It's like because you know I, I'm mad at you. So if me dying hurts you, good. It's like because you're. Do you, you know, know how mad I am at you for doing that? Well, yeah, dad. That's the point. Right. <laughs> but the fact that it could have affected someone else who I wasn't mad at. Yeah. And like dad was really good about that. Like he, I'm pretty sure that dad was autistic. But how much like that time frame? It wasn't a thing. No. I mean, it was, it was a thing, but people didn't talk about it or yeah. know about it or bother. Like, yeah. Dad was super logical based. Yeah. Um, when dad set out rules, they didn't waver. Yeah. If this was the rule today, seven years from now, that rule is exactly the same. They might as well be etched in stone. Yeah. Well, what I love that you're seeing more in parents uh, these days, as opposed to how we were raised and how even maybe some of us raised our kids. Yeah. Well, no, I will admit Gigantor was before his time when it came to parenting. And it's the idea, not permissive parenting. I don't agree with permissive parenting. Agree. I don't agree that you should let your kid do whatever they want. I, I don't think that's proper. It doesn't teach them anything. Right. But the idea of gentle parenting, which is not the same thing, is that you treat your child like a person. Yes. So, oh, your your three-year-old is yelling and screaming, so you talk to them. I understand that you can have big feelings, yep. but we can't behave this way. Yep. And if you behave this way, these are the consequences to behaving this way. Yes. I love that we're seeing that more because just because a two-year-old is throwing a fit over something that doesn't matter to us, mm -hmm. 
that's their whole world. If they're losing their absolute mind because they can't find their favorite stuffed animal, that's because that stuffed animal is important to them. It's the same thing as, like, if I freak out because I lose my keys, so, you know, once a day. Um, That, to me, is just as important as that lost stuffed animal is to a two-year-old. Yes. And I think it's important not... Importer? No. Important. Words are hard. They are. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that should be just the tagline of our podcast. Neurodivergent polyamorist. Words are hard. Spelt W-E-R-D-Z-R-H-A-R-D. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That'll make everyone want to listen to us. But it's this, I see us even doing it with our granddaughter. Yeah. Is, and, you know, our kid is an amazing mom. And she really does have this, like, okay, you can be upset, but this action will still... It doesn't matter how upset you are. Yes. You still have to go to school. Yes. So, like, whatever it is, and I'm... I'm really loving seeing that trend. I think it's great for the neurodivergent kids, especially mm-hmm. because one of my biggest things is why are you telling me what to do? Right. Okay. So I have Adam anecdote rant. Uh, Cause yes. So like growing up, I actually had two very different styles of parenting that I went between constantly. So I love my dad and my stepmom. I love my dad's side of my family. I'm not saying this to trash any of them. If you're listening to this, I appreciate you immensely. Not that I think you're listening to this, but I appreciate you immensely. Um, but so my stepmom was a, was an authoritarian. You know, do as I say. I question it. You're being difficult. You're going. You, you know, go my stepdad room. too. You know, my mom was on the other hand when I went to see her every second weekend and when I visited her or when she moved to Kingston and like you know I, I, I spent all that time with her was very much the gentle parent but this being the 90s that was like a revolutionary concept back that's like what you're treating your child like a human like, what no right like my mom had this saying you know and she pulled it from the bible of all places <laughs> you know and the child sh- and the children shall lead them type thing she was famous for saying that and you know she treated me like a person like Adam's upset okay go calm down go go cool down And then we'll come back and we'll talk about this, you know? And like rules were democratic. And I, everyone was like, well, you're only better behaved with your mom because you only see her every second weekend. And now that I'm an adult and I'm a neurodiversity educator, I can say this with certainty. No, I was better behaved for her because she listened to me and let me have an insight and talked about the rules with me instead of just handing them down from on high. Because, and I know in my neurodivergent brain, uh, and this is a very neurodivergent thing. If your rule seems stupid, yeah, I will not follow it. You can't make me. I won't do it. Your rule is dumb. Yep. If you can explain to me why this rule makes sense, I will follow that rule to the letter of the law. And everyone around me must also follow this rule because it's a rule, damn yes. it. And to be clear, because I said so is not a valid reason. No. There is nothing more I hated as a kid than... Like, Mom, why can't I do this? Because I said so. Well, that's dumb. Well, nobody died and made you, Jesus. Like, also, also because you said so, that's not a valid reason why a thing should or shouldn't be done. If you can provide me a reason why, like, it's dangerous, or we don't do this because, you know, it's crossing the road, and, you know, or, like, a billion Or it's unethical, or it might upset someone else. If you can give me a logical reason as to why your rule is valid, perfect. But otherwise, your rule is dumb and I'm not listening to you. Yeah. Yeah, and that was Dad. Like, Well, and... You know, I loved your dad very much. He was an amazing man. And he has said things to me in the past that if anyone else had ever said them, I probably would have punched them in the throat. Yeah. So I remember going over, they were selling one portion of the home. Yeah. And uh, 
Bill sees me. I've known Gigantor's family for 25 years. Yeah. So, like, they've seen me from a 10-year-old all the way up. I go over here. Oh, Beck, great, you're here. I was like, cool. And he's like, you can do the women's work. Now. <laughs> Dad was not He a... was not. It, but that was his sense of humor. Yeah. He was playing. If I had said no, I'd rather go sand the banisters. He would have been like, sweet, go do you. Yeah. But of course, he also thought it was very funny because he has um, myself and uh, she Gigantor, which would be Corey, uh, Gigantor's sister. And we're the shortest people in the room trying to wash walls from the floor to the ceiling. So they're watching her and I literally jump to try. <laughs> but it was this sense of humor that he had. And I think sometimes, I'm going to go into a totally different rant, is that PC culture is ruining things. Now, is there a place for racist humor? No. But things like, oh, this is women's art. If you know someone doesn't mean it, they're just playing, and it's in, like, a private space, that stuff can be funny. And I think one of the mistakes we make as millennials talking to boomers yeah. is that boomers have a very different style of humor. Yes. And instead of just gently correcting them, we get mad at them. Yeah. And I think maybe if we took the time to just be like, you yeah, can't say that anymore. <laughs> to be fair, a great many boomers are just infuriating, period. And True. a lot of times but we have tried so to, to do it the nice way and they buck back enough that at finally you're just like, well, fine. You know what? You know? But that can be said about any group of people. Absolutely. Because jerks are in every group of people mm -hmm. because some people are just jerks. Yep. It doesn't matter if you get a group of a hundred people together, there's going to be jerks in it. Yes, absolutely. And you can't paint a group because of its jerks. Yep. Oh, thank and God. Can you imagine if people painted the pack by who is a jerk and who isn't? Right. <laughs> but like, and that's what I find like with a lot of people that they'll focus on, well, you know, this generation did this or this generation did this. Not all of them. What that's else? a group in there that yeah they may have be the ones in power because usually jerks are the most they're the loudest one and the squeaky wheel gets the grease I'm, I'm gonna agree with you but add something to that i think it's one of those things and you know you can apply this to like anytime a group has social privilege or anything like that you know is it everyone's fault in that group that this is the way it is no there are absolutely jerks that ruin it for everyone but if you are part of a group that has done bullshit like that, even if you're not the one actually doing it, you are responsible for trying to make it better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I think, too, we also have to remember that to everybody, there's different sides. Yes. So, you know, the most horrible person in the world might be a really great mom. Or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, a fantastic uncle. Yep. And then you're at the point where you go... That was my uncle and they were fantastic. Yes, they murder hoboed 47 people in terrible ways. But my, even though they're the same person, my uncle that I know and love was a good uncle to me. He read me bedtime stories and tucked me in at night. And we are not making any excuses for people who have done horrible things. No, oh, we're no. not. But, but it's just that concept of the different facets within someone. Because I have always said there are some people who will meet me and say I am the most wonderful human being on this planet. And there are other people that will meet me and say, she's a raging Cuntosaurus Rex. Yep. And they're both, both right. are true. Yep. Like, my mom had a friend who she absolutely adored. Yeah. And would trust this person with her life. Mm -hmm. 
and with the life of her children. Yep. Because that's the type of person they were. Yeah. But she wouldn't want you to trust them in the, your house alone because they would steal stuff, but they would never steal off of her or family. So, like, not yeah. making an excuse because the person stole stuff, but, like, you sometimes will overlook someone's minor bad behaviors because they're so good to you. Because there's so few people. Well, and I, and I actually think that's why a lot of people... I'm going to have a side tangent as well. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. In saying that, the I think my, my personal limit on that is the really bad stuff. Like, if, oh. someone, if someone was, like, sexually assaulting you or no, if someone no. was being an abusive jerk Burn in a relationship, all of these things... I know some people were like, well, I never, they were never bad to me. Yeah, but they were a jerk to me, and you're not believing me, and now you're signing. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, well, there's of limits Of course, there's yes. limits in everything, yes. right? Like, yeah, like I'm not going to be best buddies with a child molester because they never molested me. No. Like, that's not, no. And I think if someone were to bring that allegation to you, even if you've never experienced it personally from them, you should take a moment and be like, um, maybe I should reevaluate this person. Right. And look into it. Yeah. Um, but even to the point where I remember I had a friend um, who went through a stealing phase. Okay. And it was very much like, well, what do we do? I don't want to cut this person out of my life. They're still an amazing person. They just have a sticky fingers habit mm-hmm. because of things that were going on in their life. Doesn't excuse it. But, and I remember my mom saying to me, you can still have this person over. You can still love them with all yeah. your heart. Yeah. Don't leave a $20 bill on the table. Exactly. This is actually like, I think it t- ties in with how we view justice as a society. Oh, we're getting all over the place. We episode. are all I over the this. place. I thought we were doing like a spooky episode. We've sung spooky, scary skeletons and moved on from that. I love it. It's spooky great. season's done now. It, it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't do that. Spooky though. season is never done. Spooky Just season. saying. Spooky all season seasons is, are spooky. Spooky season is a part of your heart. Those of you out there who date a spooky girl, this is the time of year to hit up your local dollar store and buy all sorts of knickknacks for when you get in trouble. <laughs> Solid advice. <laughs> Keep them in a drawer somewhere. If you accidentally, you know, like, knocked over one of their crystal thingies and so on and you're in big trouble, go to your drawer of dollar store spooky stuff, give them some black nail polish in the middle of summer or black lipstick or stuff like that. I'm telling you. I've dated spooky girls pretty much exclusively. It will save your lives. <laughs> it is sacrifice season. Just saying. I also tend to date spooky humans of all genders, and I will say, yeah, that's solid advice. Absolutely. Here, here, take the spiders. Take the cobwebs. Just go, go. Okay. Right. Um, so as a society, we tend to be focused on justice in a punitive way. You know, like, someone did something wrong, they eye should be punished. Eye. eye for an eye. You know, all that stuff. Leaves the world blind. Exactly. I believe in restorative justice because I think, you know, now, in saying this, there are some people who are just criminals for the sake of being criminals, who are, who are evil. And there's always going to be that 1% of jerks, like you said, Gigantor. Mm-hmm. But I think most people commit crimes be- or do bad things or whatever, A, out of opportunity be- because they need to for some survival thing, or also maybe because they've been hurt and so hurt people hurt people. You know, there's a lot of reasons why stuff like- is done. So I think instead of punishing restorative justice, like you, you give them a chance, even through the system, whatever, through like, I don't know, I don't know how you would do this, but like find a way to like let them make up for their mistakes and and, and reintegrate with society or prove themselves to people. Or, you know what I mean? I like, think a caveat to that, though, is if they have remorse yes. for their action. Um, yes. 
I'll even argue against remorse for certain actions. Like, I am much more lenient on the person who stole because they didn't have the money to make ends meet and the feeding their family or even something as silly as, like, it was their kid's birthday, they didn't have the money for the, you know, Tickle Me Elmo or whatever, and they stole it. If you see someone steal from a grocery store, no, you didn't. I am far more lenient on something like that than, you know, someone who, you know, jacks up the prices of something to the point where, like, the people that, like, rent or whatever so that people can't live there. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, there are some people that are doing the same actions legally that we punish these people for doing when they're the ones that are actually, like, you know what I mean? Like, this one group is trying to survive, this other group is, is trying to pad their wallet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, like, you can't just be like, nope. If you do this, this is, like, you know what I mean? Like, there has to be some nuance. Law, law cannot be absolute. No. 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 Well, I think then, you know what, maybe we should call it here. We're already approaching an hour, and we're just having fun. We haven't done an hour episode in a long time. We did an hour episode, like, two episodes ago. We did? Yeah. Wow, Our we first. talk a lot. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's why we run a podcast. Uh, that is true. Yeah. We just needed more people to listen to our bullshit. Yes. I mean, we're at, what, 750 followers right now on Spotify? Wow. Yeah. Thank you all. I don't even know 750 people. Most of them are American. Oh, I should really stop making Yankee jokes then. I feel like the ones who are American who listen are progressive and probably don't like their government anyway. Uh, so it's fair. probably I don't even like okay. our government. Right? So. <laughs> so it's probably fair. It's okay. Anyway. Well, enjoy the season. We had a lot of fun having you on today. Yes, Thank you'll you. have to fun. join us again. Yes, definitely. And you, all of you out there, have a great. I can't word right now. Have a great spooky season. Uh, Take your meds. Drink your water. And we love you. Very much. Bye for now. Special thanks goes to Paul Unger, who designed the rainbow infinity symbol and brain component of our logo, and we love it very much. Thanks, Paul. The Neurodivergent Polyamorous was created and produced by Adam Mardero and Becca Kelterborn. Copyright 2023.